On today's episode of Inside the Nest, we're joined by outfielder Alex Curbayo of Kennesaw State Baseball. Inside the Nest is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. Fifth Third Bank, working hard to make banking a Fifth Third better. Visit 53.com for more information. Carbio was on an absolute tear before the season was halted due to COVID-19. D1 Baseball named him the most impressive hitter in the entire ASUN conference because he was top 10 in virtually every ASUN category. As a hitter, he admits he is so hyper-focused on the pitch that everything else to the outside is a blur, and then at times he struggles to go back and remember what it was like in that moment. But here in this interview, we unpack his offseason and find out that in addition to trying to stay physically fit and fresh in his baseball acumen, he also paid a visit to the self-help aisle of a bookstore. He's back this fall practicing with the Owls and ready to give it another go around come 2021. It's Inside the Nest with Alex Carballo. Alex, thank you for joining us on Inside the Nest. Uh, what's it been like to come back to campus now and you're around your teammates and you're getting some workouts out on the diamond too? How's that been? Um, it's been it's been a good experience. I mean, I was, I was actually telling the story the other day of how I was driving on the way up here and I didn't know what to expect with, you know, all the coronavirus stuff and the guidelines they're going to put forward and stuff like that. But when I was driving up, I was probably like halfway up and I was like, it like, kind of hit me like how like, you know, baseball, and I could have been out of college, and who knows where I would have been at this point, this time, this time of year, like, if coronavirus didn't happen, they can't cancel the season, and I was like, you know, what? I'm just grateful for the year I'm going to have, and come around the guys again, so, I mean, I'm excited to get back out there, we just started, and we've just been doing some minor things, but we're progressing there. What did coach say the first time y'all were back on the field together? Uh... What did he say? He said, you know, Coach Sansing, he says he says some some sort of joke with everything, but I think he – oh, he sent us a text the day before we are going out there, and he goes, it's been 170-something days since the Owls have been, stepped out onto Stillwell Stadium, and tomorrow we'll make it 177. Um, let's make it a great year. And everyone was kind of laughing at that because that was the last thing you would expect the coach to send, you know, like the countdown of the days, how it's been, but – I mean, that just shows you the type of person that Sansing is and counting the days of how long it's been since he's been on the baseball field, knowing, you know, he's been in the game for so long, 30 years here, I think it is, around there. And, yeah. What were some of the highlights of what you did to keep yourself busy and keep yourself fresh and keep yourself sane as well over those 177 days? So, usually when I go back home, I'm from South Florida and – there's a lot to do to keep me busy, but uh, <laughs> under the circumstances that everyone was living in, there was only so much we can do, you know. Um, but I actually got into reading a lot. Um, I was always one person to, like, read a book, maybe get to, like, the last two chapters and not even finish it because I could see the writing on the wall of where the book was going, you know what I mean? Or even go halfway and just see it. You know, I'm just, I was just saying that. But I, like, made a point to, you know, read through every book I start. Um, I was working out. There was a time that I was just like so cooped up in like in my house. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna start doing two a days or something like working out outside. And 
I'll do one workout outside, then I'll just run, go for a run. But uh, I mean, there's I think a lot of people had like some affirmations that they got uh, or they had throughout all of quarantine. And I mean, I was talking to some of the other guys, and I mean, they 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 were kind of on the same boat. Like they didn't want to waste the time they had in quarantine and like look back and be like, man, I uh, I wasted three four months of my life just doing nothing, you know, playing video games, you know. But what books did you read? Um, so I was reading a book called, uh, I read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, um, Taping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. And then I was going, I was rereading a book that I, was, I started last year called, uh, It Takes What It Takes by Trevor Moad. And that book is that, that Trevor is Russell Wilson's mental coach. And it was just hmm. something like keep my mind in like com- competitive state, you know, not like knowing that I was going to be away from the game for a little bit, but just, you know, like just, I just wanted to challenge my mind competitively, you know, since I, I knew coming back to school that who knows what we're going to be able to do. Um, it would probably be what we got done with baseball around March 13th. I'll never forget that day. Or it was like March 10th that they uh, canceled the season. And I was like, dang, if I go back to school, August, we're always at school early August. So I was like, man, that's going to be five months without any sort of competitive um, environment, you know? Just wanted to keep my mind shaped in that sense. Okay, give us an example of what that looks like to keep your mind in a competitive state. Um, so one of the major takeaways I got from the book was that uh, choice is an illusion. So if you want it, like, I don't know if – didn't really picture the conversation going this way, but if you want it, it's kind of like that Mamba mentality of like, Hey man, if you want to be great, there's not really a choice. There's one choice, you know, mm-hmm. and you got to go this road. And that's one of the tech takeaways. Uh, like it was just, it's kind of just uh, a lot of self-confidence and building like a positive mindset, not being too high, not being too low. Um, not being in the moment so much, but kind of being disconnected from the moment. I don't know if you remember, uh, remember that interview we had a couple months back and you kind of laughed. And when I said, I kind of blacked out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like that sense of, uh, being in a neutral mindset and being like, so disconnected from the moment that you're not really in the moment kind of, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, that's why I said I kind of blacked out because my focus was so, so on point during the moment that like I couldn't tell you what was going through my head. So it's kind of funny. I mean, yeah, I didn't think the conversation would go to this point, but I wish I had more uh, preparation to give you maybe a better answer, but that's kind of the main takeaways from what I was trying to focus on. No, I think uh, us as listeners, we've gotten a lot out of that. I, I do know Malcolm Gladwell. I'm familiar with his work and with outliers, that's about getting at least 10,000 hours to be an expert in something. Right. And, and that's yep. what becomes uh, makes people so different and a true outlier. So what for Alex Carbier to be an expert in what part of baseball do you think you're the closest to 10,000 hours in? Uh, I feel like, so it, it's kind of funny. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of teams that stress base running, but I, I went to a junior college my first two years and um, our head coach, Ben Bizier, he's like, really big on like the base running aspect of baseball 
And when I tell you big, like we would work 45 minutes to an hour and on base running, you would think, hmm. what, what could you possibly do for 45 minutes to an hour on base running? And I'll tell you what, there's a lot you can do. <laughs> hmm. And it was just all about like the small details, how you set up taking a lead, um, where your head is positioned. Like it's just, this the weird, just the weirdest things that you could correct and, and in a sense, you know, improve that would just change and take your game to the next level. And I'll tell you what, like when from my freshman, from that freshman year fall, when I went to college to my freshman year spring and then going even that development stage of sophomore fall when we're training all that stuff to sophomore spring, man, I just, it was night and day, just a way, like a, a way better baseball player. Cause, um, you're seeing it like you, you have to see the game from all angles when you're on the bases, you know, um, the threat, the threat of getting out the, the offensive attack, you know, it's like kind of like that kind of mouse game of, am I going to steal a base? He's going to pick me off, you know? Um, but I just felt like I grew so much of the baseball players seeing like what the opposing coaches were trying to do to throw me out, pick me off, what pitch they were going to throw so that I, uh, what pitch they were going to throw so that I couldn't steal a base or, you know, it's just little things like that, that, I mean, it was kind of being in a player coach role kind mm. of, but, uh, when we, like, I, I, like, I, I'm not, I'm probably, I'm not even kidding, but I think we put in maybe an hour a day and in junior college, there's not many rules like NCAA has for, um, like you have to practice 30 minute days and center of, you know what I mean? Uh, but we were practicing six days a week <laughs> for four months. We were from August. That's another thing. We were so intense that from August 14th to December 14th, we were six days a week, Monday through Saturday, three hours on the field. And if you add up those days of an hour of base running a day for four months, and that's not even counting spring season two when we're working on it. I mean, I definitely think that I have a pretty good grasp of, you know, the, base running aspect of offense or the offensive aspect of base running. <laughs> so to me, one of the ultimate tests of base running is a straight steal of home. Have you had that yet? So one time I, the closest thing I've had to that was I was on second base and there was a pass ball. Um, and obviously I took third base and I kind of saw the catcher like lollygagging to the ball. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to – I didn't even hesitate. I just did it. I just went home and caught the catcher off guard. And it was a really close play in the plate and ended up being safe. But I've done that several times. And um, there hasn't been a time that I've been out, but that's the closest I've been to stealing home play if you, ca if you count that as stealing home play. I don't know if that goes into the, the stat sheet as a stolen base of home play, but that's the closest I've, like, been to, like, the thrill of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Was that at Broward or Kennesaw? Uh, that was at Broward College. That was okay. at Broward College. Yep. So back to base running within Kennesaw State, who would you say, and, and we're not going to make you pick yourself, so which one of your teammates is the best base runner on the squad? Um, off the top of my head, due to his aggressiveness and just, you know, he's kind of like a reckless abandon out there. I think Tyler Tolby is actually one of the most instinctual base runners because – He's a very fast runner, and like I said, he's very uh, 
he's kind of like a daredevil out there. Like he'll he'll challenge the outfield if it's a single, you know, just mm-hmm. a single right field he or left center field. He'd be challenging going to second base, and that's actually something that um, Coach Fowler and Coach Sansing and um, some of the other coaches were stressing even in the fall season last year was, hey, we're going to stretch some of these singles and the doubles. And a lot of our guys do that, but, you know, there's also the physical aspect of if you're capable of doing it. You know, there's also mm-hmm. the slow guys that, you know, might not be able to do that. But <laughs> um, Tyler Tolby off the top of my head is one of the, the more instinctual base runners on the team that has a good grasp, grasp of it. We'd like to take a moment to thank our healthcare partner, Wellstar Health System. At Wellstar, their mission is to enhance the health and well-being of every person they serve. Their vision is to deliver world-class healthcare to every person, every time. Inside the Nest is also brought to you by Coca-Cola, the official beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. As a reminder, Inside the Nest releases every single week on ksuals.com slash podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate and subscribe to get the inside look at the 1KS community each week on Inside the Nest. Let's get back to the chat with Alex Carballo. So going back to last season, it was another hot start for you. D1 Baseball named you the most impressive hitter in all of the A-Sun. You led Kennesaw State in doubles, home runs, in RBIs, in which you also led the ace on in RBIs. You were top 10, hits, doubles, homers, runs scored, batting average, uh, OBP, slugging percentage as well. Were you seeing the baseball as a volleyball or a beach ball out there? Like, how big was that thing? Honestly, I was just – the game was very slow to me. I mean, uh, my first year um, from junior college, I had, a, I had a good start. And I kind of – just from the speed of just – workouts, classes, everything. And kind of not saying it got to me a little bit, but I don't think I had a routine set that I, that I was committed to. Um, last year I had, I'll tell you what, I had a routine to the T. Like I, Friday night games, I, uh, or Friday, Friday, the game day's Friday. We had, I had weights at 11. I'll go straight from weights to Jimmy John's, get a sandwich, Get that sandwich. Take Same it Same sandwich or does it change? Uh, I'm usually an Italian guy at sub shops. So I was, I was going straight Italian. Um, <laughs> add Dijon though to that. Okay. <laughs> and um, I'll take that sandwich to Archie's fridge, the, our trainer. Then I would uh, go get dressed, go to the cage. And then to the point of you saying, with, I've seen the ball well, I would, every day I was buying into – the process, that's something that Coach Fowler says, buying to the process, um, just keep uh, taking it brick by brick, take down that wall, you know, just t- keep taking it brick by brick and then you'll see the light, you know. So every day, I mean, I was going into the cage and putting in maybe f- at least 45 minutes to an hour with um, Coach Mizell, one of our assistants, Coach, Coach Upshaw, our other assistant, and Fowler. We were all in there and we had a great um, tandem, a great team in there. And a great, uh, just a great process. You know, it was very organized. And they honestly made it easy for all of us because I wasn't the only one that did well last year. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of our other guys were over 300. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I'm sure if you bring other guys onto this, I'll tell you one thing. They all had a routine. And we were all, we all kind of had what worked for us in our, like in our silly ways. How I had my sandwich or something like that. Like, I just didn't want to 
get out of that routine. I wouldn't even call it superstitious. Like you might think it's superstitious, but it was just, I just wanted to make sure I, like my mind wasn't wandering off into mm-hmm. some other thing that, you know, that, that day I shouldn't have been thinking about. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing was just the routine aspect of just slowing down life. Cause you know, even over quarantine, you know, even when you're sitting in the, in your room cooped up, life like time was going by so fast like four months went by like that so just slowing down life slowing down the game and just trusting the process Mm -hmm. last season kind of a small sample size to pick from Kennesaw State played 18 games went 10 and 8 I want to get with a a tough one to start out with the second to last game against Jacksonville State 15 innings a 14 to 10 ball game that I think was it seemed like that game had was tied and then one team took the lead, like Jacksonville State took the lead, I think, in three of those innings. And then Kennesaw State rallied back uh, to tie it back up and prolong extra innings. What's going through your mind when that continues to happen? Is that like an adrenaline rush? Do you actually get tired playing out there? Like, how, how do you process that as a player? Um, this, is, this is also something we were talking about the other day. Some of the guys felt like you're five rounds, main event in the octagon in UFC, you're like, one guy's throwing his right hand, then you're throwing your left hand at this guy. I mean, I'm pretty sure they scored – they had like a three spot on us, a three-run um, lead on us in maybe the 11th, 12th. They like came out hot. And then the next inning, like this was – so we're already three. That innings. was in the 14th. <laughs> <laughs> they scored three in the seventh case. You scored two in the bottom of the seventh. Um, and then 13th, each team scored a run, and then three runs apiece in the 14th yeah. inning. Yeah, crazy game. It was definitely just everyone throwing hamburgers at each other, to say less. But, um, yeah, I just – I honestly remember one of the innings. They might have – like you said, it was the 14th. So, we were just like, oh, Jesus. Like, we just – like, we're just going back and forth here. Like, we were just – I think it was a five-, six-hour game. And not that our energy was down coming in that inning, but it was definitely like we were we were getting a little wasted, you know. Like, we were getting a little drained. And then Tyler Simon comes at the bat, and it's a home run to left center field, which I don't even think I've seen him do it in BP, but he did it, and it was a bomb. But and then that got us up again, and then we scored. I think we scored a couple more runs, and then he tied it up. But it was that was a crazy game. I was probably one of the longest and more I don't know exciting games I've been a part of in my life. What was your favorite game this past season with the Owls? Ah. Uh, I don't know which Ivy League team it was because we had two Ivy League series. Um, but the one that we – we had a comeback late in the ninth, I think, and uh, we ended up walking it off. But I remember that game, we had been, like, very, very up and down in terms of our energy. And, uh, like, we would – I think we had the lead early. and we got uh, kind of The pin game. Pen game, there you go. Six to five, we, three runs the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, and then did we score early in that game as well? Yeah, so Penn had a one nothing lead after one, and then we scored three in the fourth. So we had a 3-1 lead until the eighth inning. Yep, so 3-1 lead, and, I mean, we're pretty much a really good offense year in, year out. And to hold us for five, or you said in the third, fourth inning, we scored three. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold us for four or five innings going scoreless. I mean, like I said, our energy might have been a little down. We got a little complacent. But – uh I think when they took the lead and we came back to bottom of ninth and came back and won that game, like that was that was a crazy turn of events in terms of where we were and 
being so flat after we went up 3-1. I think it was the last game of the series. Like, I think we had a four-game series or something like that. And it was just – and that's not, that's, not the, that's not the usual. Like, we usually play three-game series, and for that to be the fourth game of the series, um, I think it's just the weekend got caught up to us. But we have a good core this year that we're a little older, and I mean, I, that, that probably wouldn't happen more often or wouldn't happen this year. Yeah, you hit a, a two-run double to the left field for the walk-off win. Yeah. How – um, so you've, you've talked to us about kind of like blacking out in senses and just being so hyper-focused on the moment itself. How long did it take you to come out of that moment to celebrate your teammates and realize you just hit, you know, a, a two-run double to win in the ninth inning? Well, definitely pretty quickly because um, that was my first walk-off of my life, actually. I've never been the one to – Really? I've never been the one to seal the deal. I mean, I've been the one to uh, help us get to that point of sealing the deal, maybe scoring the run the tide or get there. But, I mean, I've never been the one to put the the bat on the ball and put it in play, uh, cross that run. Um, I mean, definitely it was it was a great moment just because of, like, to go from how flat we were. Because I remember we were flat. Like, we can't, like we, were, we took that lead and we were just flat the rest of the game. And to get to that, like, high moment everyone running on the field and I, just the videos and stuff we saw after it was just it was just kind of fun to like watch that and just cherish, cherish it for a little bit but uh yeah that, I mean that was probably one of the that was probably one of the great moments of last year the short season we had last year but mm-hmm. the eight, if we if we would have come out on top of that Jacksonville State game at home that definitely would have been number one mm-hmm. okay I've got two hot button questions for you to wrap us up number one who was the most difficult pitcher that you faced last season? Most Not difficult. on KSU, so in a game. So do you have the schedule pulled up there? Yeah. Yeah. So who, yeah, who I, I, with, all, with all due respect, um, I enjoyed following the Owls last season. I couldn't <laughs> name all of those runs you scored in specific innings without looking it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who – can you name all the, all the teams we played in order, and then I'll tell you who had a really good pitching staff? Sure. So we have St. John, St. Peter, Cincinnati, Georgia, which we played them twice, West Virginia, Western Carolina, Coastal Carolina, Penn, Jack State, Brown, Jack State again, and Quinnipiac. Okay, so one of the te- St. John's had a really good uh, Friday night starter, and then Georgia always has good arms. There was one team that you said in the middle. Say it again, the first four or five. Sorry. So St. John, St. Peter, Cincinnati, Georgia, and then West Virginia, Western Carolina, Coastal. Okay, so I think St. St. John's had – St. John's start was pretty good. He was a lefty, threw pretty hard. Um, Georgia always has really good arms. I would say probably one of the Georgia arms was pretty good. I can't give you a name. Because they all, all the pitchers kind of look the same and they throw kind of alike, um, but they kind of blend together. Okay. But there were, all, most of the teams had, most of the teams we played had decent pitching. They had really good pitching and they had a good plan against all of us since all the technology they have with scouting reports. But yeah. Okay. And last question Who's winning the World Series this year? Ah. Uh, Oh, I don't know. I think the Dodgers, the Dodgers, I've seen the Dodgers play a lot late night because when the season first started, I was uh, staying up kind of late till like one or two, and that's when I caught the West Coast games. And the Dodgers just have, 
not to mention two MVPs in their starting lineup uh, offensively, but their starting pitching is good and their bullpen is lights out. Mm. Like I think they have two left-handed pitchers that are coming out of there blowing gas and they have one of the best closes in Jensen. I think the Dodgers might have the best chance to win it. Um, the Yankees, typically pe- typically people say the Yankees, but they, they were hot and cold this year. And I don't know if it's because of injuries or what. And then I guess, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be Dodgers Braves in the in the National League Championship, and okay. and for the for the American League, ah, the Rays. I just think the Rays don't have the offense. I don't think the Rays have the offense, but I know they're number one seed. I just don't think they have the offense to push through the whole the whole thing. All right, we'll have to revisit this and see how well your predictions line up for the yeah. Dodgers. Yeah, I watch I watch a lot of big league ball, so I think I have a good grasp of the whole scene. <laughs> no no love for the hometown Marlins? Uh, they've broken my heart too many times. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> and you haven't been a Braves fan your whole life. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Alex, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us on Inside the Nest. We enjoyed it. We're excited to see you and the guys back on the field this fall and then when we get to the spring, ready for a full spring season. Yes, sir, Nolan. Appreciate it. So today I think we found out the importance of having a routine. And for Alex, as crazy as 2020 has been, I think that's going to benefit him even more than some others when we get back to baseball in the 21 spring season. Inside the Nest is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. Fifth Third Bank, working hard to make banking a Fifth Third better. Visit 53.com for more information. I'm Nolan Alexander. Thanks for joining us on Inside the Nest. And until next week, go Owls.